0: Three six mafia. Yeah. Whoa, hey, yeah. whoa, yeah. say whoa. whoa, hey, whoa. Three yeah. six mafia. Yeah. Whoa, it's going yeah. down. Yeah. Whoa, hey, y'all right. know what time it is. Whoa, hey, we ain't playing with you hey, in the club, hey, in the street.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to No BS, Season 3, Episode 14. Me and Isaiah are taking tonight and looking at some fantastic NBA topics. One NFL topic, also one topic. But before we get into that nice meat and potatoes for tonight, Isaiah, how are you doing, my friend?
0: Trevor, I am doing wonderful, man. Uh, You know... Even though I had to pour honey on myself today, and a lot of viewers out there saw that video. But hey, got it done. Uh, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Because I thought that when I poured the honey on myself, you know, it was going to be sticky. It was going to be icky. And not only that, I was going to have to shave my head bald. Because I don't know like why this is, but I've heard a myth or a legend that if you pour like honey or peanut butter you get that on your hair it's really hard to get out of and you're gonna have to like you know cut your hair and shave your hair just to get it out maybe that's gum i don't know maybe i got honey confused with gum
1: i think you might have confused it with gum because i know when you get gum in your hair you kind of have to cut it out yeah i think since the honey was like you know like it didn't sit on your for you i guess on your hair for that long it's probably easy to wash out compared to if you, like, waited, let's say, like, seven hours later and <laughs> now it would be, like, a oh. pain to get out of your hair.
0: Yeah, dude. So I was worried. Like, that's what, like, I didn't want to do this, you know, thing originally, but I had to because I said it because I was so confident and I was so cocky. But I didn't want to do it because I was like, oh, man, if I if I have honey on my hair, like, I'm going to have to shave it. I don't want to go to work, you know, with those <laughs> shaved bald head so but once i did it you know once like it was easy to come out it was great um hopefully you guys all enjoy the video it's on the mi6 sports network facebook page as well as youtube and also you can catch it on my facebook first pers- uh, my personal facebook timeline as well but trevor it's been a great aloha friday can't wait to talk about the lakers game talk about lebron james's uh clinched or game winning three and then talk about you know the celtics game as well as uh you know other topics that we have tonight on our agenda but it's gonna be a great show can't wait for it
1: yep i think that's perfect transition because we're gonna start with the lakers topic first and as you saw if those you know tuned into that game the lakers defeated the warriors you know 103 to 100 and lebron james came in with a clutch three i heard when he was like shooting that ball I think I think what well, he got knocked out, and he said I think on like I saw an ESPN um, post. It was like saying he thought he saw like three hoops, and he said I'm just shooting the one in the middle. So there was some some type of story that happened to LeBron James's vision. But I'll go to Isaiah on you know recapping that night and what that means for the Los Angeles Lakers when they play your Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns in the you know coming days.
0: Yeah, first of all, I can't wait to talk about that series. It's going to be an insane series. You know, a lot of people right now are chirping about how, oh, the Lakers are just going to walk over the Phoenix Suns. The Phoenix Suns aren't going to pose any threat to the Los Angeles Lakers whatsoever. Folks, I've watched the Phoenix Suns this entire season. I watched my guy Devin Booker and Chris Paul play together with DeAndre Ayton and the rest of the crew in the desert this entire season. And, folks, let me tell you guys this. The Phoenix Suns are no slouch. Monty Williams will have the Suns come. They will have them ready to play. They will be focused, and they will be a tough first-round test for the Los Angeles Lakers. I do believe the Lakers will get past the phoenix suns but it's it's not gonna be a sweep it's not gonna be a five game series i think it's gonna be a tough and tight six game series for this uh lakers team but going to this lakers warriors game before we go into the lakers and the phoenix suns you know trevor i was at work i was at work On, I believe the game was on Tuesday. I was at work on Tuesday before this game or during this game and I couldn't really watch it because obviously I was working for the Oakland Athletics So I had to you know, there was a TV on on a wall next to at the Coliseum next to my post but I had to keep like turning back and forth from the field and also back to the wall so I I only caught like bits and pieces of it but I went home, watched the highlights of this game, and let me tell you guys this. The Los Angeles Lakers, I was scared to death that the Lakers were going to lose. I really was, because the Lakers, they came out flat. They came out, they looked uninterested. They looked unmotivated, and they just looked like that they were a step behind the Golden State Warriors. And the Golden State Warriors, they looked like they came into this game ready. They came into this game looking very confident. They looked like that they were... You know, they were in prime position, or they thought they were in prime position to steal this game from the Los Angeles Lakers, which they were. And, you know, the Lakers, they got off to a really bad start. Um, Everybody was raging at LeBron James, saying, like, oh, LeBron is washed up. He should just focus on, you know, acting in movies now. Anthony Davis, he's not a real... uh, top five player in the NBA, he's not a Batman, he's more of a Robin, blah, 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 all this stuff, and then the Lakers, they woke up in the second half. That was the real Lakers team that I've grown to love the last few years watching this Lakers basketball team, and LeBron. Started doing what I've been telling LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Montrose Harrell, Andre Drummond, and those rest of those guys to do in this game. And that is pound the paint. In the beginning, for some reason, with an undersized Warriors team, missing Kelly Oubre and James Wiseman, the Lakers were out there taking perimeter shots and taking jump shots. They were playing right into the hands of the Golden State Warriors. What I said before the game was the Lakers needed to just feed the ball into the paint to Drummond, to Davis to LeBron and just bully the Warriors in the paint because the Warriors literally have no answer whatsoever for the Lakers in the paint. You know, nope, they can't guard LeBron. They can't guard AD. They can't even guard Drummond in the paint because they are so severely undersized. So if you've just pound the paint, you will just keep getting easy buckets and fouls and you'll, keep getting the Warriors into foul trouble. And for some reason, the Lakers didn't do that in the first half. But in the second half, I think Frank Vogel at halftime emphasized that point. And the Lakers, they started doing that. They started pounding the paint. Drummond was a beast in the paint. Harrell was a beast in the paint. Davis was a monster, whether it was getting easy baskets, slam dunks, or drawing fouls on the Warriors. And LeBron started playing bully ball in the paint. And I think that's what really turned the tide of this game was the Lakers stopped playing into the hands of the Warriors, stopped taking jump shots from the perimeter, and started just bullying the Warriors in the paint because they knew that the Warriors had nobody to stop them in the paint. And also, about that final shot, LeBron James is officially on Lakers-Mount Rushmore, Trevor. Like, I know when he first, he won a championship with the Lakers and all that great stuff that he did in, in his second season with the Los Angeles Lakers and making the Lakers relevant. But LeBron James, I felt like, had not Clinched a spot on Lakers Mount Rushmore because you've seen there's a lot of legends that are on Lakers Mount Rushmore, whether that's Jerry West, Will uh, Will Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant. There's just no spot for LeBron James. Well, now one of those guys has got to go because LeBron James, after that shot, that clutch shot where he's fading away, falling down, the shot clock is about to expire. He pulls up from 36 feet and knocks it down and gives the Lakers the victory. That was one of the most impressive shots I've ever seen in my time watching Lakers basketball. It was a great thing to watch. And LeBron James has officially clinched a spot on Lakers Mount Rushmore. And I I can't wait for the Phoenix Suns, Trevor. I really can't wait for the Phoenix Suns. This was a great win by the Lakers. The Lakers need to do the same thing to the Phoenix Suns that they did to the Warriors if they want to beat the Phoenix Suns.
1: And I'm just going to respond to you, Isaiah. LeBron James doesn't belong there. You know, where LeBron James sits on that type of legacy, you know, he kind of has to go out and win this ring being in a seventh seed. Though he is going to be climbing up an uphill battle in this year's playoffs, I think he has to pull this one off of like almost like a hat trick or a magician trick to be able to pull this game off and this, you know, championship ring off because – if he if he doesn't win it, it's like that shot goes on the wayside, and it does it loses that you know whole value behind this championship push that he has for the Lakers right now.
0: Yeah, I think if he, you know, if he doesn't win it this year, obviously it's going to be a shame. But then people will look at him and be like, yeah, you know, the West is super tough with Phoenix, with um, you saw Golden State even without Wiseman, even without. Um, Oubre or Clay, they're no slouch. So the Warriors, you know, they're going to be scary to watch next season, but that's a different story for a different day. Warriors are tough. Denver, they're tough. You talk about Portland, you look at, you know, the Clippers, obviously, and Phoenix, I think they're tough as well. That's just all in the West. Now you look at the East, Brooklyn Nets, James Harden, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, that's stacked squad. Then you look at, you know, Philadelphia. They're having a rejuvenation of a season with Doc Rivers at the helm. They look like a completely different different squad. And Milwaukee, you know, with Giannis and the Bucks, they could still be a major threat to LeBron James and the Los Angeles Lakers, even though they haven't proven anything the past couple of years. So I feel like this, I know he beat the 73-9 and nine Warriors, but I feel like out of, you know, enti- LeBron's entire career, I feel like this is his hardest road to a championship.
1: Yeah, and he also can't, he's coming off of injury this year, so it's like it's not going to be easy for this championship. It's not like his other years where he's like playoff play off LeBron comes in and dominates and you know gets the team through. This is probably one of his probably lowest seeds in the playoffs that he, he has been in the most recent decade. So, it's going to be interesting how this one really unfolds out, but you know, Adam really has you there, Isaiah. Please become overconfident or get overconfident again. Please, please, please. But, you know, as we continue looking at the other play-in tournaments around the NBA, we have the Boston Celtics, I wouldn't say destroying, but, you know, smashing the Washington Wizards in a game of 118 to 100. It seems like a lot of these games are ending in 100s at this point. It shows that, you know, no defense is being played right now in the NBA. But the key thing about this game was Jason Tatum dropping 50 points in this game to help the Boston Celtics to clinch their 7th seed. But I'll go to Isaiah. What's your reaction to the 50 points in this game?
0: Jason Tatum is a bad, bad man. You know, a couple of years ago, um, on the birth of the MI6 Sports Network, one of the original podcasts is that we had on this network i came out and said that i would rather have a duo of lebron james and and jason tatum over lebron james and anthony davis and then at that time everybody was like oh my gosh isaiah why i can't believe you said that you're so delusional man you need to be drug tested immediately this and that and this and that well it looks like that I might have been on to something, Trevor, believe it or not, with my statement of saying that I would rather have LeBron James and Anthony uh, and Jason Tatum over LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I still can't believe Magic Johnson, the great Magic Johnson, took Lonzo Ball over Jason Tatum, it still bugs me to this very day, Trevor. Jason Tatum, he was flat out amazing in college. You know, Lonzo Ball was amazing, but and he was a very good point guard as well at UCLA. But looking back on that, damn, Trevor. Imagine if we had Lon- Jason Tatum over Lonzo Ball. I mean, Jason Tatum, he idolized Kobe. He wanted to be with the Lakers. He even grew up a Lakers fan. He was. Dying to be with the Los Angeles Lakers. And the Lakers instead, you know, Magic Johnson wanted to pick the feel-good Hollywood story and pick Lonzo Ball over Jason Tatum. Imagine if we had Tatum to go along with LeBron James. That would have been such a scary combination, man. Jason Tatum is, he's a bad man. He is so special, dude. He's a guy that, you know, can beat you from anywhere on the basketball court. He can he's a great three point shooter. He can, you know, beat you with the mid-range game. He can drive to the basket and you know get his way to the cup. It's a shame that the Lakers did not draft Jason Tatum and instead pick Lonzo Ball. It's a damn shame, man, and I still can't believe it, but in terms of this game, Jason Tatum, he's special, 50 points. This is not the first time that he's dropped 50 points. He's dropped 50 points multiple times this season. The brother, special. He can score. He's going to be a great, great player one day, future Hall of Famer as well. Um, But, you know, the Celtics, I just think that, You know, I was wrong about the Celtics because I said coming into this game that the Celtics, that the reason why I thought they weren't going to win wasn't because that Jason Tatum wasn't good or wasn't great or the Celtics wasn't talented. I said the Celtics weren't going to win because they didn't have any chemistry. And like I told my guy Ace on last Monday, the Celtics, they're just missing they're just missing something on their team. Something just doesn't seem right with the Boston Celtics. They look like the Philadelphia 76ers of last season. And I think the Celtics might have watched that video and said, we're going to prove that guy wrong. And that's what the Celtics did. They look like a complete different team out there on the basketball court. It looked like Jekyll and Hyde with the Boston Celtics. And, you know, if the Celtics can play like how they did against the Wizards, against the Brooklyn Nets, I think they could give the Brooklyn Nets a serious run for their money.
1: Well, it'll be interesting in that series. I'll I'll save that for, like, which first round, you know, matchups that we're going to be looking forward to because that's going to be one of the matchups I'm looking forward to. But that's a little bit of a teaser. But going to some of our fan comments, Casey King going back to the Lakers, you know, he's going to choose the Lakers in seven, but it's going to be, you know, tough to beat the Suns in a close series. But, you know, it could go to distance, but, you know, Casey thinks they're going to win in seven. Um, Shree says, you know, wait, I thought Lonzo was a top four point guard, Isaiah. I think, you know, you need to address that there for our fans.
0: Isaiah, you're muted. Sorry about that. I'm muted. But, Shri, you know that when I said that he was better than Kyrie Irving, I did not say that he was a better scorer than Kyrie Irving. I said I'm taking Lonzo Ball over Kyrie Irving because Lonzo Ball can do all the other things, that a point guard... Is supposed to do if you dig out a dictionary and you look up the definition of a point guard. What's the definition of a point guard? It's a guy that not only can pat or not only can score, but can pass the ball, can rebound the ball, and can make everybody around him great. And when you look at Kyrie Irving, Kyrie's a great scorer. He's a phenomenal scorer who's got great handles, but that's pretty much all he does. He can't defend. He is an okay rebounder and he doesn't really pass. If you watch the Brooklyn Nets play, you see a lot of iso ball where it's Kyrie going one-on-one against his defender and either taking him to the cup or shooting over him. That's not what a point guard is supposed to do. That's what I said. Why I said I would take Lonzo ball over Kyrie Irving because Lonzo makes everybody around him better. Kyrie instead, he drives everybody's value down around you look what Jason Tatum was when Kyrie Irving was playing with the Boston Celtics alongside Jason Tatum Jason Tatum looked like he looked like an average Joe he looked like a guy that should be a 10th man on a basketball team Kyrie Irving drives people's value down that's why I would said I would much rather take Lonzo Ball over Kyrie Irving
1: yep And we have, you know, more comments from our viewers tonight. You know, for Adam, you know, the Celtics proved him wrong. So, you know, Celtics have been, you know, been interesting this so far this NBA postseason. Um, Tatum and LeBron wouldn't have worked from Ishmael. That was like as soon as it came in and my mouse clicked straight on it. But it would have been interesting to see. But I think I have to agree with Ishmael there. I think it probably wouldn't have worked out.
0: I disagree, actually. I think it would have worked because Jason Tatum, when you see him play, he doesn't require the basketball much. He's a guy that can play off the ball. So, what you could do is LeBron James, you know, he needs the ball. He can be the point guard, the facilitator. And then Jason Tatum, he can, you know, catch the ball mid post, face up, and then do his thing. So, I think it would have worked out. Obviously, you know, AD and LeBron, they got a great connection. But Jason Tatum and LeBron I still think would have worked out and I think would have won a championship or two for the Los Angeles Lakers if you put the right pieces around them. And Jason Tatum develops into the player that he is right now.
1: Yep, and more from our viewers, you know, from Adam. You know who's a bad man? The honey bear that you held to dump the honey over yourself. Yeah, if you haven't seen that video, ladies and gentlemen, go check out the – um, MI6 Facebook page is right there most recent video besides this one tonight so you definitely got to you know go out and see that also on top of that you know Kimba had 29 points as well everybody forgets that because Tatum had a huge night you are very right Shree. it was a team effort but it's like if your players your teak your top players are able to score then it makes that game you know a lot of a difference in that and right now from how the Warriors are playing. I think Casey King really describes how they're really going tonight. You know, Higgins moment at its finest and they're getting beat down by the Grizzlies. But continuing off in our playoff bracket, we have, you know, the Wizards and the Pacers. It's, it went to, I wanna say the Wizards. Am I correct, Isaiah? 114 to 117 and the Wizards take the eighth seed in the playoffs. I think this was like their wake-up call after somebody dropping 50 points on you. So I think, you know, the Warriors no, – not the Warriors. The Wizards <laughs> did what they had to do, put down the – It's been a beat. long night, folks. Yep. <laughs> they put down the beat down on the Pacers and took care of business. But, Isaiah, your thoughts of this game for the Washington Wizards with Russell Wilson. Not Russell Wilson. Wow. Well, wow, I am sorry, ladies and gentlemen. Russell Westbrook.
0: <laughs> Is that a foreshadow, Trevor? Is that a, fore- Is that a foreshadow that Russell Wilson's gonna end up in Washington with the Washington football team instead of the uh the team, the basketball team in DC?
1: I, I, I don't I don't I think I'm a, I'm already at a bad night. I think I'm like 0 for two on names. It feels like man. I'm I'm just digging a grave at this point. But yeah. Isaiah, I'll, I'll just let you I'll let you go there. I, I have no other no other comments, that
0: <laughs> Man, don't worry about it, Trevor. We've all had bad nights, but let me say this: first of all, my thoughts on this game is that. Nate Bjorkren is gone. Nate Bjorkren, start packing your bags, start cleaning your office because you're not going to be the Indiana Pacers coach come Monday. You're gone. You are gone, Nate Bjorker. You're, you're absolutely gone. This guy, Nate Bjorker, coming into this postseason, you know, there were stories saying, like, Nate Bjorker, the Pacers coach, he was acting like a dictator. It was either his way or the highway. And also there was another report that came out that said he was very hard to work alongside, and his assistant coaches were quitting because they just couldn't work with him. You know, it, there was a lot of red flags around this guy, and his – his status with the Pacers was already waning and I think that the Wizards put the nail in the coffin and I think that Nate Orkran he will be relieved of his head coaching duties on Monday. He will not be the next head co- he will not be the head coach of the Pacers moving forward. This game cemented it. I mean, this was I know the Pacers players played really bad, but Nate Bjorkman, why would you not call timeout when when the wizards were going on that 16-0 run why would you not why would you wait until it was a 16-0 run and then call timeout it makes no sense whatsoever i get letting your players play but there's letting your players play and then there's being foolish you don't wait until a, the game has gone from i believe it was like a 5 point wizards lead to a 21 point wizards lead you don't do that you this is why Greg Popovich, Steve Kerr, Frank Bogle, they're such great coaches. It's because these guys, whenever whenever a, the opposing team makes a run and they sense that the opposing team has all the momentum, they will quickly call timeout and stop the opposing team's momentum, and it kills their momentum. Nate B. Orkard didn't do it. He waited until the Wizards' run was 16 16- to nothing, which basically put the game out of reach for the uh, Indiana Pacers, and it was a stupid move by him, and the Pacers, they just looked very unprepared, Uh, the Wizards are number one in the NBA in terms of playing with Temple, well, guess what, instead of trying to slow things down, the Indiana Pacers decided to play the Temple game along with the Washington Wizards it was just a nightmare night for Nate Bjorkren and his coaching staff they looked unprepared they made foolish foolish coaching decisions after foolish coaching decisions and I think Nate Bjorkren will be gone by Monday and as far as the Washington Wizards are concerned heck those 76ers They should be scared. They should be scared of Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal because this Wizards team had a 0.9% chance in mid-April of making the playoffs, and they have gone on a red, red red-hot streak, and now they're into the playoffs. They're playing with house money. They're playing with nothing to lose, and and Beal and Westbrook look like that they have really – Uh, the chemistry has really bonded. And I think that the wizards, I'm not saying the wizards are going to win that series and pull off that eight one upset. But I do believe that the wizards could give the Sixers a run for the money in this series and make every game close.
1: All righty. I think we can, you know, start to make our transition to, you know, what our first round prediction, not say first round predictions, but looking at the games that we're going to be looking at of key of interest in, the NBA playoffs, but I'll just read it off the teams, who are they going to play? So for the Eastern Conference, the 76ers will play the Washington Wizards. Game two would be the Brooklyn Nets versus the Boston Celtics. Game three, we have the Milwaukee Bucks versus the Miami Heat. And the game four is the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks. We'll just start with the Eastern Conference and then we'll transition to the Western Conference. So out of the Eastern Conference games, Isaiah, which ones you know you're going to tune into, and which ones you say this is going to be hotter than a hot wings challenge, Trevor.
0: These playoffs, I am so excited for them, man. I'm so psyched for these playoffs. I've been so excited since last Sunday when all the play-in games were announced and some of the first-round matchups were set. I was telling my guys over at the MI6 Sports Network and also Coast to Coast that I can't – I wish the playoffs started on Monday morning at 12 a.m. Pacific time. I really do because these playoffs, I think, in terms of storyline, these might be the most storyline-rich playoffs that we've seen in the last 5 to 10 years. Because when you look at some of these matchups, Trevor put out the matchups in the East. You know, you got the Knicks and the Hawks, two upstart young teams battling it out. That's going to be a great series. Then you got the... Um, the 76ers and the Wizards, when people look at that on paper, they think, oh, yeah, you know, the Sixers are probably going to clobber the Wizards. But when you look at the storylines going into that series, there's going to be a lot of drama in that series as Russell Westbrook and Joel Embiid had like kind of a, like a beef dating back to their days with the Sixers and the Oklahoma City Thunder. So that's going to be something Very interesting to watch. And then uh, you have two veteran coaches, Doc Rivers, Scott Brooks, coaching those teams. And then uh, the other matchups, I believe the two and seven, Celtics versus Nets. You know, this Celtics team, beginning of the year, a lot of people predicted them to either make it to the Eastern Conference Finals or make it to the NBA Finals. They're playing a Nets team right now that is primed to make it – to the NBA Finals, and you have Kyrie going up against his former team. It's going to be so much fun to watch. And then the other matchup, I think this is going to be the best, one of the best series of the entire playoffs with the Heat and the Milwaukee Bucks. The battle, the rematch of that second round last year where Miami completely shut down Giannis, and they sent the Bucks packing, even though the Bucks had the best record in the NBA. But that's going to be such a fun series to watch. But The series, I would say the series that I'm looking forward to in the East. It's gotta be the Heat and the Bucks, man. It's gotta be that series. That's the one that sticks out the most on paper. You know, Giannis versus Jimmy Butler, Heat versus Bucks, great defense versus great offense. Bucks looking for revenge after what happened last year. I wouldn't be surprised if there's, you know, a couple heated altercations in this series because of what happened last season. I can't wait for that one. I, I'm gonna go on record and make a prediction right now. I think this series goes seven games.
1: Yeah, I kind of agree with you because, like, Heat's coming off of a loss from the NBA championship. Now they're the sixth seed. So, like, they're seeking for a revenge tour, you could say, getting back, maybe showdowning the Lakers in the finals, depending how LeBron James does. So I agree with you that the Milwaukee Bucks and the Miami Heat is definitely the game to watch. I do agree with you. It could boil down to game six or game seven, depending on how things go down and what players end up getting injured during that series. So that's going to be the telltale side. But the game that I'm curious about the most is actually the fourth and fifth seed, the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks. The question is, is New York a fraud for being in the fourth seed? And they just got in somehow and somehow slipped in the fourth spot. And can they actually make a run in the playoffs? And if they do make this run, can they survive Brooklyn? If they're able to take down Brooklyn, they're New York's team again. Right now, they have to earn that back. And Brooklyn is New York's team, so I think this is more of a personal ego to take down Brooklyn to be New York's team again. That's why I'm going to be rooting for the Knicks in the Eastern Conference so they can take down Brooklyn. It's probably not going to happen, but I have the feeling that you know the New York Knicks can do it. And I know Shri comments some of his games in his prediction. Oh no, not Shree. Casey King. Yeah, I'm just I'm just messing up tonight, ladies and gentlemen. I deeply apologize to it, but. Casey King has the Sixers in five over the Wizards, the Nets six for the against the Celtics and then the Bucks in seven and then the Knicks in seven. Uh, Isaiah, um, do you have anything else you would like to add?
0: Yeah, you know, um, I know the playoffs start tomorrow, so I'm just going to, you know, real quick give my predictions like Casey on some of these, uh, playoff series that we have. Um, I'm not really going to explain it in full detail. I'm just going to explain a little bit and then I will, you know, move on to the next one. But in terms of let's start with the one eight series. All right. We've got the Philadelphia 76ers and the Washington Wizards. I believe that this series will be much closer than people think, but I'm picking the Sixers to win it. Like I said, I can't wait to see that Westbrook and Bede drama unfold in this series. And I hope that, you know, we have another moment in a game where Westbrook is waving goodbye to Embiid and Embiid's like, what are you talking about, man? But that's, that's what I'm looking forward to in this series, more of the drama, but I'm going to go with the Sixers to win this series over the Wizards. I'm going to pick Sixers in five, just like Casey King has, uh, the Sixers winning in five. And then let's go to the two seven, Boston versus Brooklyn. If Boston looks plays like they did against the Washington Wizards or against, yeah, the Washington Wizards and Jason Tatum becomes a monster. Kemba Walker does his thing. I know they're missing Jalen Brown, but like I said earlier, I think Boston can give Brooklyn a run for their money. I'm actually going to go with Brooklyn in seven believe it or not, because when you look at these two teams, I know Brooklyn's got the star power, but many of their stars have not played together in a very long time. They've only played like 15 games together this entire 72 game season. I don't think they have the chemistry right now. And chemistry is very important in the game of basketball. And the Boston Celtics, they're playing with nothing to lose. Everybody expects them to get trounced in this series. Give me the Celtic or give me the Nets in seven in a crazy series over the Boston Celtics. I think Jason Tatum's going to go off in this series because the Nets... Their defensive rating is just awful. Um, And then you move on to the 3-6 matchup, the Heat and the Bucks. Like I told you, Trevor, this is going to go seven games. It's going to be one hell of a series. And, Trevor, we have our first upset, man. We have our first upset. Give me the Miami Heat to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't trust Giannis in the postseason. I think that until he shows me and wins a playoff series – or 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 goes to the NBA final until he shows me that he can produce in the postseason. I can't pick Giannis. Give me Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat because the Miami Heat have always played the Milwaukee Bucks tough. I don't know what it is about the Milwaukee Bucks that – The Miami Heat, they just match up so well with. But give me the Heat in seven over the Milwaukee Bucks. And then the four and the fifth. This is going to be another interesting series. Two upstart young teams going at it. Two veteran head coaches going at it. Tom Thibodeau versus Nate McMillan. Trey Young versus Julius Randle. Trevor, give me those New York Knicks. The best Defensive, one of the best defensive teams in the league. I think will beat the best offensive team in the league. Give me the Knicks over the Hawks. I'm gonna go Knicks in seven.
1: All right. For me, looking at this, I'm gonna have to agree with you guys for the first game, Philadelphia and the Wizards. I'm gonna have to go, you know, five games, unless there's a fluke and it ends up boiling over to six, but I'm feeling like, you know, the 76ers might get stunned in like game two or something like that, or game one. And then they just dominate the rest of the series. Looking at Brooklyn and the Celtics, I feel like this is not a game seven. This is a game six. And, like, I think it's going to be, like, it's going to be pretty even to the point where it's, like, it may just be, like, maybe, like, two, three. You know, that's going to put you at a game seven. But, like, leaning into that vibe where it's, like, it really comes down to the wire out of the, you know, possible, you know, window of winning of everything. So I could see, like, a two, two. And then, you know, Brooklyn just takes the care of business because, like, there's just so many elite players on Brooklyn that just, you know, shut down Boston altogether. Like, But looking at Milwaukee and the Miami Heat, I'm going to have to agree with you in this, Isaiah. It's a game seven, and Miami is going to be able to do it because I think Giannis just doesn't have enough help to contain with a solid bench from the Miami Heat. That bench has been you know, it got them through a lot of that playoffs last year. So I'm thinking that bench is going to be a huge factor in this playoffs this year. And that's why I'm leaning more towards the Miami heat and their bench to be able to get Miami heat through this game. And then the last but not least the New York Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks. I have two stories depending on how this plays out. One is going to be Atlanta. They win it in six and I'm thinking New York is a fraud. That's my that's my first prediction. My second prediction is New York rile, Rallies back and wins it in 7. Those are the two outcomes for that series. I really don't know which one's going to be real or not cuz this is the fourth and fifth seed we're talking about. On paper they should be pretty evenly matched in theory, but I really don't know. But let me go to our fans, you know, predictions and what they have. So we have Edward, he has the, you know, Sixers beating the Wizards. Celtics beating the Nets, the Bucks beating the Heat, and the Hawks beating the Knicks. So that's his prediction. You know, Sri's going with the Hawks on this one, but we will, you know, go over to some of the other predictions that Sri has. But Ishmael has the 76ers with the sweep, get the friend and broom wow. out. The Brooklyn's, not Brooklyn, the Celtics in seven. Over Brooklyn, and then you have the Bucks over the Heat in six. You have the Hawks upset the Knicks with Seth, <laughs> a crying in seven.
0: <laughs> great comment. Great comment.
1: <laughs> and then we have Shree, 76ers over Wizards in six. The Nets over Boston in five. Milwaukee over Miami in seven. And the Hawks over the Knicks in six. Let's go into the Western Conference, ladies and gentlemen. You know, the night is still young. We're 37 minutes in, but let's keep this show rolling because we're doing really good on time tonight's show. But for the Western Conference, we have the Utah Jazz in the winner of the Warriors and Grizzlies. You can't really, you know, dictate how this game is going, but we have a feeling, you know, me and Isaiah will just make the prediction that, you know, the Utah Jazz will probably, you know, win in five or six, depending who comes out of the series on how that really boils down, but maybe Golden State might stun Utah, but I, I really don't know. Based on how the game's currently going, I, I think it's gonna be more Memphis, but we have to wait and see how that unfolds. But after that we have the Phoenix Suns and the Lakers following that up with the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trail Blazers and the LA Clippers and the you no know, Dallas Mavericks. Out of these games, Isaiah or right now, thank you for the update from the MI6 studios. We have the Grizzlies leading, you know, leading 77 to 71. So going out of the ones I'm picking right now, before I go to Isaiah, the games I'm looking forward to is like how we have in the Easterns, the three and six seed, and and then the four and five seed back at it again. But I'm more keen in the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers. I I think that's a game that's gonna go to six or seven as well. But I think the Nuggets may, may pull may lose because i think it's just something about portland that is the dark horse in the west for the last couple seasons and i think they'll do it again in this year as well but i'll go to isaiah to get his you know takes of the west before you know transition to uh, our last nba topic
0: for tonight so do you want me to give like how we did it for the east which was you know give this t- series that we're most interested with and then give our predictions afterwards yep all right, all right. Uh, you can start first with the predictions, Trevor. Like before, I go. But in terms of the series that I'm interested in seeing, like like I said with the East, you know, the West is the same thing. There's so much storyline-rich series in this Western Conference playoffs. I mean, just look at if let's let's say the Warriors beat the uh the Grizzlies and you know, play the Utah Jazz. You guys remember what happened back in two thousand and seven, two thousand and eight, the We Believe team, Utah Jazz versus Warriors. I mean that was one of the most epic series in our lifetime. So that's gonna be a rematch of that. And then you have you have Steph Curry and the hot shooting Warriors versus the Jazz and their you know, great defense. And then the two, the two seven, you got, this is my dream series, Trevor. This is the series that I've been looking forward to for the last five seasons. I can't lose in this series, Trevor. I really can't. You've got LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and my Los Angeles Lakers versus my guy, Devin Booker, making his first Playoff appearance after you, Shree, and everybody else was like, oh, Devin Booker, he's not a top-ten player. He sucks and all that stuff. Devin Booker silenced all of his haters. He silenced all of his critics, and he made the playoffs as the number-two seed with the Phoenix Suns, and they snapped a long playoff drought. Devin Booker and the Phoenix Suns versus my Los Angeles Lakers. I can't lose, Trevor, because if Devin Booker falls out, and my Lakers win, I'm happy. If But if my Lakers lose and Devin Booker wins, I'm still happy because Devin Booker was silenced his haters once again. So I can't lose either way in this series. And then the 3-6 matchup, I believe, was – what was the 3-6 matchup, Trevor?
1: 3-6 matchup was the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers.
0: All right, the Denver Nuggets – Versus the Portland Trail Blazers. This is oh,
1: before before you get to that. Casey King wants to make a correction about you know the upset that Isaiah was talking about. It was in two thousand seven, so you know a quick update on that. But yeah, and was,
0: the upset was against the Mavericks. But then the second round series though was really um, hostile because you had Andre Kirlianko Curlyank, with that dunk. Uh, I no, it was Baron Davis with the dunk over uh, AK-47, and Warriors fans still cannot shut up about that dunk, but that's a different story for a different day. But going into the 3-6, you got the Blazers against the Nuggets. This was is a rematch of... The 2019 Western Conference second round, it was a great series, went seven games, and there was a lot of trash talking going on between Enos Kanter, who's back on the Blazers, and Nuggets players. So I expect the same and the same intensity in that series. And then the 4-5 matchup, um, I think it's the Clippers and the Mavericks. We had that playoff matchup in the bubble last year. Luka versus Kawhi, uh, you know, last year with all that trash talk going on, and these two teams, they had a, you know, Ten series. There was a lot of, you know, confrontations involved in that series. I think it's going to be the same. When I look at this, when I look at these playoffs or these Western Conference playoffs, there's really two series that really intrigues me. Um, besides Lakers and Suns, it's definitely got to be Mavericks and Clippers. Luca versus Kawhi and Paul George, and you know it's going to get ugly. There's going to be a lot of trash talking going on, Trevor, in that series, and I expect that series. If Chris Stapps Porzingis plays like the Chris Tapp's Porzingis from his New York Knicks days and the guy that Dallas thought that they were getting when they traded for him, I think the the Mavericks could upset the Clippers in that series because they took them to, what, six games last season, and Porzingis was out for a couple of games. So that this could be an upset to watch for. And then you have the Nuggets and Trailblazers. I think that series could go either way, and I think that series – Definitely will go seven games. Uh, but Trevor, those are the series that I'm looking forward to besides the Lakers and Suns, but I'll turn it over to you so you can make your predictions before I make mine.
1: I'll speed run through my predictions so, you know, keep tonight's shows rolling through. So looking at Utah and then the winner of those, I'll give two. So the Utah Jazz, that they play Memphis, I say Utah wins it in five, but I'm going off of like Shree's a little bit when we'll show his later's I will have to say if Utah plays Golden State, I could see that going to a Game 7, but Utah pulling that out. Next, you know, Phoenix Suns and the Lakers, I'm going to say Lakers in six. I think it's just LeBron James, when he gets into those, you know, elimination games, he just takes it to a level of, like, another notch. and None of those Phoenix Suns players have ever experienced that before, probably besides Chris Paul, but that's just going to be a whole new experience for those players. But they are able to hang in there and pull it out like the Phoenix Suns can pull something out of that, then, you know, they're going to have really high inflated Eagles and probably fall to a trap series in the next round. But I'm thinking Lakers in six on that. For the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trail Blazers, I'm saying this is in seven. And I'm going to probably have to say it's Denver unless it's a freakish, like, last three-pointer shot that goes in the favor of the Portland Trail Blazers. But this game's going to go with seven for the Nuggets. And then looking at the fourth and fifth spot, I'm feeling kawaii, but this is going to be in, I want to say, six or seven. I I can't really pick a number, but I'm thinking it's going to be, you know, Clippers and
0: six, I'm going to go with. Wow. So you go Clippers and six, then? Yes. All right. My turn. And you guys know that there's going to be a lot of crazy predictions coming out. So let's start with the the one versus eight. Utah versus the winner of Memphis and Golden State. If it's Memphis, I think Utah wins it in five. If it's Golden State, I could see Utah winning it in six. But. The Warriors, if Klay Thompson was healthy, this would, this would be a different story. But Klay Thompson is not he- healthy. He's heard. Wiseman's heard. Oubre's not going to be playing. Um, Damian Lee, I believe he's in the COVID protocol. So the Warriors are just missing too many pieces to be able to legitimately compete with the Utah Jazz. So I'm going to go with the Jazz in six. Um, Lakers and Suns, like I said earlier, I can't lose, you know. What I'm hoping for, Trevor, is Devin Booker scores 40-plus points in each game. Heck, we will even let Devin—let's leave Devin Booker wide open so he can get his buckets and he can get his 50 points a game, and the Lakers can still win by 20. That's that's my dream, Trevor. I'm hoping that Devin Booker balls out, but Lakers still win. I think the Lakers are going to win because, like I said earlier, the Phoenix Suns, they— the Lakers have a massive advantage over them in the paint. You know, Andre Drummond, Anthony Davis, uh, LeBron James can bully his way into the paint. Montres Harrow as well. Just don't see the Phoenix Suns having the front court to stop that Lakers front court. The Phoenix Suns, I think they're they're going to go off in the backcourt with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. I think Devin Booker is going to have a tremendous series, but once again, it's going to be the. The front court, that will be the issue for the Phoenix Suns. LeBron's going to bully his way uh, in the paint against the Suns. Davis is going to have a monster series. I just don't see anybody on the Suns stopping them. Give me the Lakers in five over the Phoenix Suns. I'm going to go Lakers in five because I just think there will be one game where Devin Booker just, you know, buses out and scores like 50 points a game in one of those games, and it will actually be enough. Because you've seen, Trevor, that the Lakers, sometimes in the playoffs when they're up like 3-0 3-0 or 3-1, they tend to take a game off, like we saw last year in the bubbles. I think it's gonna be the same thing. Uh Lakers and five. Nuggets and Trailblazers. Trevor, if Jamal Murray was healthy, I would be picking the Nuggets. But Jamal Murray isn't healthy. He's out with the torn ACL, and that's gonna be a huge issue for the Denver Nuggets. You have great backcourt, CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard versus a great front court, Aaron Gordon, JaVale McGee, Nikola Jokic, and the rest of those guys. Uh, Also, Nurkic versus his former team. Give me the Portland Trailblazers to pull off the upset over the Denver Nuggets in seven games. I think each game will be close. Each game will go down to the wire. But give me the Portland Trailblazers to upset the Denver Nuggets in seven. I think Dame's going to have a monster series uh, in this series. And then... um, then the final series, the four and the fifth, the matchup that I'm looking so forward to, you've got the Clippers against the Dallas Mavericks, Luka versus Kawhi, heated series last year. Trevor, I'm going to go, guess what? I'm going to go with the Dallas Mavericks. Give me the Dallas Mavericks in seven over Kawhi Leonard and the Los Angeles Clippers. I think Chris Stapp, Porzingis, he's the biggest X-factor in this series. If he can get going look like the Porzingis from the Knicks before injuries, The Clippers won't be able to stop him because they have nobody in their front court that is competent enough to be able to stop Porzingis. But that's only if Porzingis plays well. I believe he will play well. And I believe with Luka being the dangerous player that he is, Clippers, they have too much on their hands. Uh, They won't won't be able to stop him. Give me the Mavericks in seven over the Clippers.
1: All righty. I'll go to some of our fans' comments for tonight's picks uh let me see where we gotta start in our fans comments with casey king he says in the west he's got you know the jazz if they play the grizzlies in five and then we have the jazz if they play the warriors in seven we have the lakers over the suns in seven you have the blazers upsetting the nuggets in seven and the clippers over the mavericks i think we have edward he has the suns will beat the lakers the Nuggets will beat the Trailblazers and the Mavericks will beat the Clippers. And he has also the Warriors got the Jazz. <laughs> he's um, out. So, so he's
0: mm-hmm. picking a 1 8 upset and he's picking a 2 7 upset as well. No,
1: he he has the two the, the two winning. So that's not the Yeah, an so upset.
0: the eight beating the one and the mm-hmm. seven beating the two.
1: No, no, he has the two winning.
0: Oh, he's got the two. Oh, oh yeah. The Suns are the two. My bad. Yeah. You, you,
1: you get him flipped because you think your Lakers are that good. <laughs> but for Shree, It's not a regular has, year, Trevor. Yeah, for Sri, he has the game in six for Utah, for the Lakers in seven. He has Portland over Denver in seven, and the Clippers in six. So, obviously, to, you know, end of... Oh, before we go on to wrap up to see how the game's going right now. The Grizzlies lead the Warriors 78 to 73 early in the fourth. So we'll keep you up to date on how that really unfolds for the rest of the game. Maybe we'll give you a final score by the end of the show. I don't really know, but looking at the LaMelo ball topic known by Isaiah, cause that's one of his favorite players, you know, having that wrist injury wasn't really a hundred percent, you know, was it, did it make sense for them to play him? in this, you know, playoff style elimination game, you know, you could, you know, rested him and give yourself a better chance in the playoffs, get some better assets, so maybe you become a 5th seed or a 4th seed next year or even a 6th seed. Is was it really worth the risk? In my opinion, no. You he has a young career and you're going to try to build a team around him. So it's all right if you don't make the playoffs this year. It'd be cool that you made it, but what's the extent for your franchise piece if he can't really shoot the ball right next season but i'll go to isaiah to let him get on your takes as you know we try to bring this nba top to a close because we've been on it for almost an hour now
0: I know, man. We had a lot of NBA topics to discuss, but by the way, Stephen Curry just hit a three and he got fouled and it's now 80 to 77 with nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. So it's going to be a great game and it will go down to the wire, but about this lamello ball topic, Trevor, I got to agree with you. I think that the the, Gosh, my entire brain is just fried right now, just like yours, Trevor. I just said the Grizzlies, but the <laughs> Charlotte Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets, the team that didn't show up on Tuesday and their playing game made me have to dump honey all over myself. That team, I thought they made a very stupid decision because, like you said, Trevor, the Hornets are like they were slated to be what in the 10th, in the nine, 10 playing game, you would have to win two games to be able to get in to the playoffs. And Gordon Hayward wasn't going to play. And I think there was a, one more key piece that was missing in that game. And I just think, you know, Charlotte, you've had a great season. You've had a really great season. You've eclipsed all expectations that were set for you guys before the season. It's been a very successful season for you. Why, why, risk injuring lamello ball even more because trevor you and i both know that these wrist injuries especially ones that you're just coming off surgery for and it's you know healing but it hasn't fully healed yet something could happen he could get hit on the wrist you know he could you know hit the wrist and hit the uh the hardwood floor and then lamello ball you know that wrist would get worse and worse and worse so he's got a very young career ahead of him You've eclipsed all expectations this season. Why would you try to rush him back to try to get into the postseason when, you know, you don't really have that good of a shot to get into the postseason? Because even if you had beaten Indiana, you would have had to beat either Boston or Washington to be able to get into the playoffs. And I just didn't think that they were going to get in to the playoffs and beat Boston or Washington to be able to advance. So I thought that, (coughs) excuse me, I thought that 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 was a terrible decision by the Charlotte Hornets because this guy has a young, great career ahead of him. And I just don't know why you would want to risk that, you know, potential 10, 15 year long career over trying to make the playoffs this year. It just, makes no sense whatsoever
1: yeah you, you said it like nail on the head on the coffin but i think we're ready to bounce off to another topic tonight you know looking at the world of the nfl the fate of julio jones and where you know he could end up being traded to i know isaiah you want him to go to your glorious 49ers but before i get to let you you know go on your 49ers tangent I'm not going to be going off to the teams that we have listed, like the Raiders, the Patriots, and the Titans. But I think the team that really wants to make an impact that I've, I've like, I talked to you guys on the phone call with was the Cleveland Browns. And they have something to give up because it's like Odo Beckham hasn't been really productive on Cleveland. And if you want to get another star wide receiver, I think it's pretty much a fair trade with an Atlanta. Maybe give up a, like a six-round draft pick on top of that to make it enticing. But you get a good, healthy Julio Jones, and now you're adding it on with like your Nick Chubb, and you know Jarvis Landry. Like it's gonna be an elite squad with Cleveland. Like you're they're built. They already have like a a strong, solid defense. Now you gave him Baker Mayfield, a good deep wide receiver, and Julio Jones. Now you have a team that's actually you know AFC championship material. Since now they have that playoff experience. Now, so I think that would be a good trade if the Cleveland's willing to you know take that risk and get rid of obj and get a good asset out of it but you know i'll go to isaiah and what he thinks you know the fate of julio jones should be
0: julio jones let me tell you you will look so good in red and gold catching passes from trey lance uh, in the near future. I mean, imagine a core of offensive weapons, Trevor, of Julio Jones, Brandon IU, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, not to mention that great running game, and you're getting plays schemed up for them by Kyle Shanahan, one of the brightest offensive masterminds in the NFL. I mean, I could just, I cannot think of a better thing than that. But Trevor, I'm going to surprise you. I don't believe that uh, the best fit will be San Francisco because if he does end up in San Francisco, the 49ers will not have any money to sign Nick Bosa, Fred Warner, two extensions, and you absolutely have to lock up those cornerstones on your on your team. So even though I want Julio Jones on the 49ers, and I think he would be a luxury for the 49ers, and he will make our offense with Trey Lance just unstoppable you have to prioritize bosa and warner over julio jones but so i would say i like your cleveland browns idea trevor imagine julio jones with odell beckham jr jarvis landry that running game no, I said they
1: were getting rid of obj in return for
0: it all right they'll, they'll get rid of obj and then you have julio jones with Uh, Jarvis Landry and the rest of the guys that they got there, I think they could legitimately supplant Kansas City in the AFC. But when you look at this, where Julio Jones should land, you know what? I'm going to say, Trevor, I'm going to say the Raiders. I'm going to say the Raiders because the Raiders have a lot of cap space. John Gruden needs to win now. If he doesn't get to the playoffs this season, he is going to be on the hot seat next season and he has a lot of pressure right now i know the defense is not great but imagine julio jones catching passes from Derek carr with josh jacobs in the backfield the raiders i think And also you add him to uh, Henry Ruggs, who I think he would be great to take the pressure off and he would be able to mentor Henry Ruggs, who had a lackluster rookie season. I think it would be great for the Raiders to add Julio Jones and finally give Derek Carr a legitimate number one receiver, which they haven't had since Amari Cooper was traded to Dallas.
1: Yep, I guess you could also say the Dallas Cowboys could try to make this steal. And just add that on top of their, you know, wide receiving core that's already stacked, because you know, you had C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, you have Ezekiel e. Elliott. Now, if you had Julio Jones, you know, at that point, the Cowboys should go out and win a Super Bowl. If they didn't do that, then there's something wrong with that organization, and drastic change needs to be met. But I think, but,
0: but please, John Lynch. If you could somehow, some way fit Julio Jones in the 49ers' budget, and you still have enough money to sign Bosa to ex- an extension, sign Warner to an extension, sign all the valuable de- defensive guys on like to n- new contracts, bring Julio Jones to San Francisco, I would absolutely love it to see Julio Jones with George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, in that running game catching passes from Trey Lance. So. Please, do it if you can, but don't sacrifice the future for Julio Jones.
1: Like the um, Patriots seem like a good fit as well, but it's like I have a feeling that Julio Jones wants to win a Super Bowl. So going to the teams that have the highest you know, chance of getting there, teams that were close to the Super Bowl, I shouldn't say close to the Super Bowl, but got to the playoffs are probably on top of his list. Like another one that I could see, like a team trying to you know make some leaps and bounds. I would say the Cardinals. I understand they're in the NFC. I don't think you know the Falcons would do something like that. That's why I was going with more of like the Cleveland Browns in my pick. But if the Cardinals want another stack wide receiver, you know you have DeAndre Hopkins, and now you add Julio Jones to that. That's another good wide receiver core with you know Kyle Murray throwing them the ball. And then the other option would be New England since they have a lot of salary cap space and, you know, they can, you know, take that hit if they want to sign Julio Jones. But I'll go back to you, Isaiah. The problem
0: with the Cardinals, however, Trevor, is that they already got A.J. Green. They have Christian Kirk. They have uh, DeAndre Hopkins. I just think they're already too stacked at wide receiver. Like, obviously, if you have the opportunity to get a Julio Jones type of player, you will, you know, cut whoever it is in your wide receiving room and bring in Julio Jones in a second. But I just don't think they have the salary cap space. I just don't think that they have the room in the wide receiving room to bring in a guy in Julio Jones to make their offense even more dynamic than it already is. I like the idea, though, but I just don't think they have like the necessary cap space to make it happen. But as far as New England, you bring up a good point, Trevor, and I read up an article Today, where Julio Jones reportedly has been telling folks out there that he wants to play with Cam Newton in New England, my first thought of that was, why would you want to play with Cam Newton? The guy, even though I think Cam Newton's a good quarterback, he cannot throw the football. He's past his prime, too many injuries. But imagine Mac Jones with Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry, Johnu Smith, and then Julio Jones, the Patriots they might have a top three offense next year in the AFC if Bill Belichick could get that to work.
1: Yeah, it's like the mastermind of Belichick, and I was talking with Shree. You know, you can't really compare it to a Randy Moss type of player, but like having that elite wide receiver on your team that has, I wouldn't say similar caliber, but like a top wide receiver back in his day, but obviously Randy Moss was a different animal, but Julio Jones can definitely put up numbers if the ball gets to his hand, so... I think, you know, Belichick knows how to execute that because he, you know, had Randy Moss and he's going to probably say, well, this probably is similar to Randy Moss and I'll probably do the same exact things and we'll see what happens. And, you know, maybe it might work out.
0: And, And I think it would be good for Mac Jones, too, because imagine your rookie year. You don't really have to do too much if you have good weapons around you, like a Julio Jones, like a Nelson Aguilar, like a Kendrick Bourne. You could just get the get the ball to your playmakers and let your playmakers make plays. You don't have to force things, and I think that would be good for Mac Jones in his rookie year.
1: Yep, I'll go to some of our um, viewers' comments. You know, Casey King, he's going to agree with me. He's going to go Julio Jones to the Browns as well. Yeah, it's it's very it's very enticing because the Browns can trade and get something positive out of like getting rid of a star player. So. I think, you know, maybe Atlanta may take it, but they may say you're going to have to offer something up in return. So if the Browns are saying this is the year for the Super Bowl, then maybe it's fair enough to say we'll throw away, you know, next year's draft pick and something. I don't know. But he's he's saying, no, you know, he's not going to go with your Isaiah, Isaiah Niners. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's a it's pipe just, dream. It's just going to go like that. But um, I'll let you go to the uh, – um, MLB segment.
0: All right, folks. So moving on to our MLB topic. The San Francisco Giants last night routed the Cincinnati Reds by a final score of 19 to 4. That's right, Trevor. 19 to 4. The Giants beat the Cincinnati Reds and folks the Giants right now are 12 games over 500 they are 28 and 16 they are first in the National League West who could have ever seen this coming this season under manager Gabe Kapler and their new front office with Farhan Zaidi and Scott Harris leading that but the Giants who were picked to be in last place this season by a lot of people are now first place in the National League West, they have uh, one of the best records in all of baseball. And their offense is highly prolific. Is it time to, st- or is the San Francisco Giants for real after just 44 games? Trevor, you could answer this if you want later on, but I'm going to say they are. I'm going to say they are because we saw this at the, uh, the end of last season where the Giants, their hitters got hot. They had a new offensive approach with a new coaching staff that led to the, San Francisco Giants, by the way, go, go off the wall. Yes. Sean Murphy. Good. Sorry about that folks. I'm watching uh, the games game right now, but uh, the San Francisco Giants, they are for real. You know, they do have the lineup with guys like Brandon Crawford having a resurgence, Buster Posey having a resurgence. Um, Dickerson, he's playing up to the guy that everybody hyped up when he was in San Diego. Uh, you also have other guys like, You know, Donovan Solano, Wilmer Flores making impacts. um, And also their pitching staff has actually held up with Cueto, with Gosman, you know, reinventing himself as a starting pitcher. So I think the Giants are for real. Um, The Giants right now, uh, I think they have played a little bit of a soft schedule. We'll see what happens when they have to play teams like the Dodgers and other teams like that. But they they have played the Padres well this season. Um, I think the Giants are for real, and I think that they are a threat in the National League West, which is amazing given the fact that they have a lot of misfits on their team and a lot of guys that you would be like, like wow, they're actually performing like this this season. So the Giants are for real. It's a credit goes to Gabe Kapler. He's done an outstanding job as the Giants manager, and I can't wait to see what the Giants do this uh, for the rest of the season. By the way, sorry for my outburst about the, uh, the A's. I got a little bit excited there seeing Sean Murphy hit a double off the wall. But all right,
1: ladies and gentlemen, let's now move on to our Power 5. all right ladies and gentlemen tonight's power five segment is top five ice cream flavors in honor for memorial day coming up since the weather is getting a little bit warmer in the united states we're gonna have our power five for the type of ice creams that you should you know go out and get on this you know memorial day weekend that is coming up in about what we can say what in two weeks now but I'll go to Isaiah. What is your top five ice cream flavors?
0: Wow. I had to take at least 20, 30 minutes to do this list, believe it or not, this afternoon. Because there's a lot of ice cream flavors. There really is. And it's really hard to pare them down into a top five. So I'm going to start with a couple of honorable mentions. Uh, one honorable mention, strawberry. You know, simple. Uh, I like the strawberry ice cream that has like real strawberry fruits inside of it. It's really good. Um, and then the other one, you got to go with the OG, right, Trevor? Vanilla. Vanilla, you have to go with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, any vanilla ice cream is just really, really good. So that's my audible mentions. Let's start with my top five. Number five, folks, I'm going to go With chocolate, and I really wanted to put this number one, but this is an OG. I love chocolate ice cream. You know, anytime you get it from Hagen Dawes or whomever, like ice cream company you get it from, any chocolate ice cream is just super good. Especially like a guy like me who loves anything chocolate. So I'm gonna go with chocolate as my number five. Um, number four on my list. I'm gonna actually go with wow there's i'm gonna go trevor with cappuccino and you know it's it's
1: wow okay
0: trevor's giving me that face right now it's like what i wasn't
1: expecting that one but all righty
0: cappuccino because you know i'm a guy that loves coffee so you know coffee ice cream cappuccino so much better uh number three on my list it's got to be the banana split. Am I right, okay. Trevor? Okay. That's, the banana split. That's it's, fair. The banana split is really good. And I've had... Banana splits where, um, I don't know if you've had it like this, Trevor, but they put it in like, um, they have two bananas on the side mm-hmm. with the bananas split ice cream in the middle. And I think they also have like whipped cream frosting there too. So it's that right there is super good. Really recommend you guys all to go and try that out. Um, the number two on my list is. Like I said earlier, I'm a coffee guy. Kona coffee ice cream. Kona coffee ice cream, you can get this. uh, I forgot what the name of the ice cream parlor you can get it at, but it's somewhere in Hawaii. They make the best Kona coffee ice cream. It is freshly churned. They make it out of real Kona coffee beans. So really recommend you guys to go try that out uh, the next time you guys are in Hawaii. And then number one on my list, Trevor, I got to go with Fudge Brownie. Fudge Brownie from Ben and Jerry's is so good. They actually have little brownie bits in the ice cream, which makes it even better. That's my list, Trevor. Fudge Brownie. Go get it, folks, at Ben and Jerry's.
1: All right, Isaiah. It seems like you forgot the one that everyone loves, and it's not even on your list, and I'm disappointed in it. But I'll start off with mine. All right, so in the fifth spot, ladies and gentlemen, I have vanilla. It's a classic. You got you can't leave vanilla off the list. That's like also like chocolate. So depending on the person, that's where it sits on this list. Number four, birthday cake. Birthday cake is a good selection. It's like celebrating your birthday when it's not even your birthday. That's why I have it on the four spot. Number three, we have chocolate chips. What a beauty. It's like you're you're having a cookie, but it's a frozen cookie. But to continue off of this cookie rant, number two, we have cookie dough ice cream. Another solid staple. Wonderful. It tastes great. Everyone loves cookie dough ice cream. And number one, I think MI6 really hits it home for us. The people in our studios really know it. You forgot cookies and cream. Don't worry, MI6 (laughs) Studios. I have put cookies and cream as my number one in my selection
0: let me explain there's just too many ice cream flavors folks there's like a gazillion ice cream flavors and it's so hard to pare that down into a top five so i'm sorry for missing cookies and cream yes i do love cookies and cream the best cookies and cream i've had was at this ice cream store name uh it's like mousse ice cream. I I don't know if that's the exact name, but it's really good ice cream. They actually put real Oreo crumbs on top of it, which makes it even better. So I do love cookies and cream, but I'm going to have to put it probably sixth on my list. It barely missed the You
1: put it sixth? How dare you disrespect (laughs) cookies and cream? I can't believe it. If I make it a trip out to San Francisco, I will buy you, personally, I will personally buy you Cookies and cream, and you will eat it. And when the next time I make a venture out to, you know, San Francisco, I'll make sure you have one and make you improve that on your list. But I understand Edward, you know, put his in, you know, his power five is, I guess, Neapolitan. And then you have vanilla birthday cake, cookies and cream, and mint chocolate chip. Casey King's is. Vanilla, mint, chocolate chip, um, cookies and cream, and caramel, I guess, Paralines? No, Paralines? I have no idea. I am sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I am just struggling tonight on tonight's show. Honorable mentions, we have chocolate. Oh, man. Guys, guys I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Do you want me to read tea. it? Yeah, yes, please, please read it for me.
0: Pistachios, orange cream, and birthday cake as his honorable mentions.
1: Yes, I, I, it seems like um, MI6 is trying to figure out how um, Edwards, you know, one was pronounced. So, like, I how how would you pronounce, like, his fifth one?
0: You mean, uh, or Edwards? Yes. I've always, like, I don't know. I've always had the same feeling where I've always thought it was pronounced Napoleon, not Neapolitan. But that might be just me, Trevor.
1: Yeah. I, I don't know.
0: Hey, if you guys, you know, in the comment section, uh, can tell us how you guys pronounce, you know, the Napoleon ice cream, which is the, the one that has vanilla, strawberry and chocolate. We would really appreciate it. Comment down below of how you guys pronounce it and <laughs> try to correct this. If <laughs> that makes any sense.
1: Yep. <laughs> and as you can see Emma, on no BS, we, we stumble a lot, but that's, no, know, it's no BS at this point. It's it's it's, it's the show. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's the show. Let's move on to our final thoughts. Well, our program is coming to an end, Isaiah. I know we have some of our polls. I'll let you know hit those in your final thoughts.
0: All right. By the way, Trevor, um, did you finish? Did you finish your top five? Because I already heard like. 20... Yeah, yeah. I finished my top
1: five. Yeah, I'll, I'll oh. recap mine. I have 5 as vanilla, 4 is birthday cake, 3 is chocolate chip, 2 is cookie dough, and number 1 is cookies and cream.
0: Oh, okay, cookies and cream was your number 1. I I'm sh- I'm very disappointed in you, oh my Trevor. Goodness. Very- here,
1: here, here, here we go. <laughs> I'm
0: getting a lecture now. <laughs> how could you forget chocolate, my friend? Come on, the old I, I I grew up as a vanilla
1: guy. All right, I grew up as vanilla.
0: You grew up. Wait, what? You grew up as a vanilla guy.
1: Yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of chocolate, so I, I was like, "What?" Yeah, I wasn't really a fan of it. I, yes, I, I I'm it, it, like like when you, when you grew up, it was like you, there was two factions before you you know explored out to other flavors. It was exactly. either vanilla or chocolate or the swirl, where it's like the mix of the two. Those were the only three factions when you started out as a child. And then you ventured off to new flavors because you went to an ice cream shop and you saw there was more than just these three types of flavors or a combination. So, yes, I I started out as a vanilla child.
0: I I think, like, you might be the first person that I know that has been a vanilla fan over chocolate. But that's okay, Trevor. That's okay. Uh, But... Before I get into my final thoughts, just want to thank all of our viewers for tuning in tonight. Not only to this episode, but to me. You know, pouring honey all over myself. I want to thank. Um, how's your hair
1: doing, by the way?
0: Oh, it's doing much better, guys. Folks, I don't know if you guys know, but honey is actually surprisingly good for your hair. I don't know, like, how's that possible? But people in the old days used honey as shampoo before there was shampoo to wash their hair. But it, it came off, you know, it came off well, Trevor. I don't have to cut my hair and shave my head now because it's stuck to my head. But. You know, I want to thank Casey King. I want to thank Edward Lee. Um, I also want to thank Sri, as well as uh, Ishmael, um, and also Shargo Gupta, and Adam Barber, my guy. can't wait to tune in on Monday to Trevor Yu, Ace, and Roll on Wild Sports. Talk. is going to do a great job and crush that episode. Um, I also want to thank um, – I think we had a couple more comments that flooded in from Steven and uh, Steven Wang. Yes. Steven Wang from the MI6 sports network, as well as Cal. And thank you guys so much for tuning in. Really, really appreciate it. But my final thoughts, Trevor, is that, you know, these are going to be a great playoffs. I'm looking forward to these playoffs. Every single series, my eyes are going to be glued to the TV. You know, every second of it, it's going to be great. Lakers-Suns, uh, Clippers-Mavericks, Knicks-Hawks, Celtics-Nets, uh, Heat-Bucks. I mean, there's just so much storyline in this series. And I would not be surprised if at least if six of the eight NBA playoff series Goes the distance because there's just a lot of juicy matchups in these NBA playoffs looking so forward to it Um, in terms of in terms of the uh, MI6 hot takes extravaganza pose are concerned. You know, we had a couple of polls out on Twitter. We had uh, one of the polls Furman's take of the Raiders winning the AFC West defeated. Ryan's moment where he melted down on our NBA draft show. Cavs break Ryan. uh, Furman moves on to the Sweet 16. And also, there was another toe out, and that was Trevor's take of – yeah, it was Trevor's take of Baker Mayfield wins MVP versus – Oh, my goodness. My moment of – me pro- pro- proclaiming that I don't fear Nick Saban before the Alabama Georgia game. And Trevor, I'm sorry to tell you, but I don't fear Saban defeats Baker wins MVP and that advances to the sweet 16, but we're going to have a couple of more pulls up after. Go ahead, Trevor.
1: i um, looking at the Warriors games coming down to the wire. The last, uh, I would say 13 seconds scores, 99, 99. So I guess we'll wait for the final second to see what happens. But, Seems like there's a, I want to say, offensive foul. I think Warriors get the ball back. So, you know, I'll let you continue on to that, and I'll give you a final update what ends up happening.
0: Actually, to be honest with you, while during this show, I've been actually watching it on uh, my computer. So I'm watching it right now as we speak. But, yeah, um, you know, MI6 Hot Takes Extravaganza Poe. Uh, we have, I believe, a couple of poses that are going to be coming up. Uh, oh, wow. It's sh- overtime. Overtime. Wow. 99.99 <laughs> 99
1: in the regulation.
0: Ooh, that's going to be good. So uh, that's – wow, what a game, man. Warriors, Grizzlies. This is why the NBA has the play-in tournament. It, it's such a great idea. Hopefully the NBA keeps this play-in tournament. But like I was saying, um, our MI6 Hot Takes Extravaganza, we will have two more posts coming up and – uh, make sure you guys vote on it on Twitter. We'll try to get it on Instagram, but right now we're still working things out on Instagram. But make sure you guys check it out. And don't forget, folks, if you guys did not hear the news, Callan McClurg is coming back to the MI6 Sports Network. Our Michael Jordan is walking through the tunnel once again. Callan McClurg is coming back to MI6, the Sports Lounge We'll be back, and it will be back on Tuesday, I believe it's... May 25th is when the Sports Lounge will come back. So looking forward to that. And also, guys, check out the Coast to Coast Entertainment Network with Ace, Brandon Herrera, and the rest of the guys on that network. They do a fabulous job on that network. You can check out cooking shows, trivia shows, sports shows, all that stuff, even movie shows on that network. And check out on Sunday because your boy is going to be defending his Jeopardy title on that show, on the trivia show at 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific time, so make sure you guys go check that out.
1: Yep. Um, and, uh, Casey King has a question for you, Isaiah, before I run into my final thoughts. Is there going to be a night shift this weekend?
0: There will be a night shift this weekend. Um, I'm hope We're hoping to do it on Saturday, tomorrow night, uh, maybe at like 10 p.m. Pacific, but right now the times are still to be determined. Make sure you Stay tuned and, you know, keep w- looking at our MI6 Sports Network Facebook page. Look at my Facebook timeline for the latest updates and developments.
1: All righty. But, yep, for my final takes, you know, it's been a fantastic show being back on No BS. You know, No BS is going, you know, through. It's wonderful season, you know. I guess you could say we're almost at midseason compared to the start of the year. So, 14 episodes in, you know, life is great for us from, you know, things are getting back to normal. So, You know, our episodes are not going to be always consistent because we're flexible towards the A schedule and Isaiah's work schedule. So we'll do our best when we have time to, you know, go on when me and Isaiah are back on things and our schedules a little bit better. You know, make sure you know we are returning you guys with great sports context, more mishaps, bad pronunciations, you name it. No BS is the home of that. And I hope you all enjoy tonight's show. But that will do it for us on tonight's show of no BS. Everyone, take care. Enjoy your weekend, and you know we'll see you all Monday with Wild Sports Talk. See, oh, I guess not. well, we still have the night shift over the weekend, so see you all then. Take care, everyone.
0: Yeah, three C's Mafia. Yeah. Whoa, hey. yeah. whoa, say hey. whoa, whoa. Three C's Mafia. Hey. It's going three, down. you know what time it is. Hey, in the crowd hey, in the street hey,